One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And I almost forgot the words, <laughs> even though we've said them. <laughs> Guess what? How many times we've said them? 200. This is our 200th episode, you guys. Congratulations, everybody. Yeah, congratulations, especially your ears. <laughs> you have listened to this. On this main feed, two hundred times, How and is that possible? That, it's impossible. It's impossible. Time is not real, and that no. is this is proof. This is proof that time is not real. That we have done this two hundred freaking times. That is, we're going to have a giveaway. So go to our Instagram if you want to win some money to get some merch. Yeah, two hundred dollars total. You can get hoodies, water bottles, clocks. Um, <laughs> mouse pads, blankets. There's all kinds of weird <laughs> shit on our merch site. It really is. Oh, we have a merch site, by the way. We never talked about it, but we have one. Yeah, um, but anyway, really cute merch that we never talk about. <laughs> yeah, my wife did a bunch of designs. They're adorable. And go to Instagram. We'll post about that probably today or tomorrow as this episode airs. But anyway, thank you guys endlessly. For getting us to 200. Ugh. I know. I really thought we would maybe do like five episodes ever and be like, that was fun. We tried. Nope. 200 later. God. Plus another like 200 over in the other feed. I just, yeah. Wow. There's also more of this at Patreon. It's bizarre. But we're not here to talk about existential crises Mm-mm. of time and space. We're here to talk about someone who had something very awful happen to them. Mm-hmm. And it's Sadie's night. What are we talking about today, Eck? Oh, this is the unbelievable, the tragic, the sad, the messed up case of Jim and Sandra Melgar. Tell me everything. In December 2012, Jamie, who went by Jim, and Sandra Melgar were preparing to celebrate their 32nd wedding anniversary. They had met in 1978 in their high school algebra class in Houston, Texas. Sandra had just moved to town and was nervous to be the new girl. (laughs) Jim was curious about Sandra and ended up sitting behind her in class. He would playfully tug on her hair to show that he liked her, and the two started dating. Ugh. Yeah, it was one of those stories their daughter talked about, like hearing it over and over and over and over. 
So freaking cute. As somebody mm-hmm. who met their spouse later in life, I'm so jealous of high school sweethearts and so mm-hmm. romantic and cute. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, don't get married until you're 35, but it right. can be to <laughs> your high Sometimes it school works. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. If you're listening and you're a young person, do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had a very sweet high school sweetheart. He and I dated a long time. And when we decided it wasn't going to work anymore, it, that was part of the sadness was like, oh, I thought that I would just go ahead and marry my high school sweetheart, which yeah. is, I think he and I both would agree that it's better we didn't. But yeah, yeah. it's so sweet. That's really sweet when that happens. And it happens yeah. a lot in the Midwest, it turns out. I'm very but glad you didn't marry him, but he would have been a good one. To, he would have been the yeah. second best one to marry. For yeah, sure. he was a good, really, a he is a really good guy. Yeah. yeah. They married in 1980 and found a way to maintain a close, loving relationship for over 30 decades. Hmm. Sandra went on to become a nurse while Jim became a computer programmer and real estate investor. Five years after getting married, they had their only daughter, Elizabeth, who was the center of their world. She described her parents as kind and loving. Jim was a goofy and joyful person. He was easygoing and easy to talk to. He was known for his terrible jokes that his loved ones couldn't help but laugh at. Yes, give me some dad jokes. Give me a yes. give me a sample. Give me a sample of Jim's. Um, I know. I wish I had them. Right. Like, oh, I yeah. really legitimately love a dad joke. Yeah. He was incredibly close to Liz and spent as much time with her as he possibly could. When people asked Jim and Sandra what their secret was to a successful marriage, they gave credit not just to each other, but also to God. They were both devout Jehovah's Witnesses and had joined the church early in their marriage. As they got older, Jim was planning to retire and help Sandra as she moved through a host of physical ailments. She had epilepsy, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and had had two hip replacement surgeries after having bone grafts. Oh my God, that is a lot. A lot. She walks with a cane really, really rough shape. Poor thing. God. Sandra did the best she could, but life wasn't always easy for her. In the lead up to their wedding anniversary, Jim and Sandra had planned to have family over to celebrate, but ended up postponing the get together because Sandra wasn't feeling well. They all agreed to meet at Sandra and Jim's house on December 23rd, 2012 for a late lunch. The night before, Sandra and Jim went out for dinner. Sandra had been feeling much better and was looking forward to finally celebrating. Before going to dinner, Sandra had called Liz, who was now married and living in Europe. She said her parents seemed happy and in good spirits. They were looking forward to dinner and having family over the next day. Nothing was out of the ordinary. Around 4 p.m. on December 23rd, Jim's brother, Herman, his wife, and their children arrived at Jim and Sandra's as planned. They found the garage door open and could see both cars in the garage. But when they knocked on the front door, no one answered. Herman walked around back to see if they were outside. When he didn't see them, he decided to let himself in through the unlocked garage door. Once inside, he called out but got no answer. So he walked around to the front door and unlocked it to let his family in. They called out for Jim and Sandra again, but still no one came. Unsure of what to do and not wanting to invade their privacy, they were getting ready to leave. But as they opened the front door they could suddenly hear, quote, muffled moaning. Mm -mm. At first, they didn't know what they were hearing, but as they listened closer, they realized it was Sandra asking for help. Mm -mm. Herman ran down the hall and found his sister-in-law in her bathroom closet. A chair had been propped up against the door handle. Her hands were bound behind her back, and her feet had been tied together. She was alive, but not in great shape. 
As they frantically worked to cut her binds, Herman asked her where Jim was. Sandra said she didn't know. Herman's daughter was the one to see Jim first when she noticed his feet sticking out from the bedroom closet not far from where Sandra had been. Jim was naked, lying in a pool of his own blood. His hands and feet were also bound, but tragically, he was dead. What is happening? As soon as Sandra was free, she rushed to Jim's side to try and save him, but sadly, not even her training as a nurse could help him. An autopsy would show that Jim had been stabbed more than 30 times. God. The house had been ransacked, drawers had been dumped, and Jim was found just feet away from an open safe. They found a large kitchen knife at the bottom of the bathtub, which was full of water, and believed it was the murder weapon. Mm. When paramedics and police arrived, they checked Sandra for injuries. She said her head hurt, but aside from a few bruises, she was otherwise unharmed. She was very upset and confused. She wasn't sure what day it was or even what time of day. Mm. When police asked Sandra what happened, she said she couldn't remember and wondered if she maybe had a seizure. When paramedics tried to bring Sandra to the hospital, she declined and went with the police instead. She was eager to tell them anything that might help them catch her husband's killer. Sandra explained to authorities that she and Jim went out to eat the night before. On the way home, they stopped at CVS for cocktail mixers. And when they got home, they decided to take a romantic bath together to celebrate their anniversary. Oh, God, come on. I know. They made their drinks and even got strawberries and whipped cream to add to the romance. Sandra said they stayed in the tub for about two hours. By this time, it was late, around 2 a.m. Their dogs had been outside this whole time and had started barking. They wouldn't stop, so Sandra said Jim got out of the tub to bring them inside. She expected him to be right back, but when it took longer than expected, she decided to get out and check on him. She said the last thing she remembered was getting out of the bath and going to her closet to change. After that, she thought she'd had a seizure and couldn't remember anything else that had happened. Can we just talk for one second about 30 years into your marriage and you were making romantic baths and strawberries and whipped cream? I know. Come on. Two hours in the bathtub? Come on. That is impossible. And that is like the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. I know. God, I, this is... De- this is death to my soul of from cuteness. I God. Yes, I know. <sighs> Sandra also told police that after stopping at CVS, she and Jim realized a car was following them. It was riding their tail and followed them into their neighborhood. When they got home, the car drove away. After taking Sandra's statement, police continued their investigation. They talked to Liz, who had rushed home as soon as she heard about her father's terrible murder. They asked her to walk through her childhood home with authorities to see if anything was missing. She told them a TV, some cash, jewelry, and medication were all gone. She also noticed one of her old backpacks was on the garage floor. Inside was an Xbox. She thought it was likely her father's killer had dropped the backpack on the way out of the house. Inside the backpack, they also found some of Sandra's missing jewelry. While talking with authorities, Liz mentioned to police that they should look into her ex-husband as a possible suspect. He had abused drugs their entire relationship, and she suspected that he stole her mother's pain medication in the past. Mm -hmm. She divorced him when his behaviors and addiction got out of control, and she couldn't handle it anymore. She thought it was possible he broke in to steal more drugs from her parents and things got out of hand. 
Investigators received other tips, like sketchy neighbors seen lurking outside the Melgar home. A tenant who lived in one of Jim's homes had been in a recent argument with him, but nothing led to any solid suspects. Especially 30 stab wounds, so much overkill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, yeah, we'll talk about it more, but he was beaten really, really badly, too. Ugh, God. Months passed without an arrest, while Liz and Sandra tried to put the pieces of their lives back together without Jim. What they didn't know at the time was that police did have a suspect, but were keeping the information quiet until they were ready to make an arrest. When investigators had first arrived at the scene of the crime the day Jim was found murdered, they thought the home invasion looked staged. Yeah, of course it did. Many valuable items out in the open were left behind, and most of the things first believed to be stolen had eventually been recovered. Authorities found no sign of forced entry. The garage door had been left open, and they thought that might have been staged as well. They also found it very convenient that Sandra couldn't remember anything that happened the night after she got out of the tub. She apparently never saw the person responsible for the crimes and had been left relatively unharmed, while Jim, on the other hand, had been beaten and brutally murdered. They thought it was suspicious that the murder weapon had come from the couple's own kitchen, and they were also surprised by the lack of blood or DNA evidence throughout the house. Do not tell me they're going to pin this on Sandra. <laughs> and do not tell me that she did it. Oh, no, please don't take me down this road. Whatever direction it's going, I don't like it. You're not going to like it. Oh, Sadie Eck, it. I thought we had an agreement. <laughs> I thought we understood each other. I just can't help it sometimes. You really have a problem. You have a serious <laughs> disorder. Can we just blame Deli? Just even though she had nothing to do with this nope. one. <laughs> this is not on Deli. This is on you and your bullshit. Finding Damn these it. fucking stories. Oh. Where Jim had been killed was bloody. The chair they believed he'd been sitting in while he was tied up and then stabbed was covered in blood, as well as his body and the floor below him. But there were no bloody footprints or even drops of blood leading out of the bedroom. Sandra had no blood on her, and they were surprised to find none of Sandra's DNA on Jim's body. They started to suspect that Sandra killed her husband, cleaned up, and then tied herself up and got in the closet knowing family would be there later in the day to find her. When they learned that Sandra was the beneficiary of Jim's $250,000 life insurance policy, she became their primary suspect. Um, uh -uh. Where are we? Where do I have to drive to Oh, Houston. Houston, Texas. Well, Harris County Sheriff's Department. I did put in an application. Laura and I might adopt another pug just because we have a disorder that we are addicted (laughs) to pugs. Tell me that. Well, in Texas. Pug Hearts of Houston have a hundred and like 167 or 176 God. pugs for adoption right now, oh, which is a lot. unfathomable because good God, who would ever surrender a pug? It's weird. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We just, my Edie girl's getting older. She's nine. Yeah. It's, you know, like I would love to get another little, little cutie pie in there anyway. So you're going to be there couple. anyway, is what you're saying. You well, we're going to be in New Orleans in, in January. It's five hours to Houston. <laughs> so I'm going to be there anyway because I might have to pick right. up a pug. And so I'm just going to drive on over to the police station and start smack, kicking people. Start smacking. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. A year and a half passed. Sandra and Liz didn't know that Sandra was a suspect in Jim's case, but they worried she might be the target when they stopped sharing updates on the case with them. <laughs> In July of 2014, Sandra suddenly started receiving junk mail from lawyers wanting Mm -mm. to represent her Mm -mm. in her upcoming trial. Mm -mm. She didn't know what she was being charged with, 
So Liz checked the internet for any charges against her mother, and that's how they learned that Sandra had been charged with the first-degree murder of her husband, Jim. Excuse me? Oh, Houston, you do not even know what's coming. You're getting the smacking of a lifetime. Right. Is that even legal? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're they like, oh, arrest her. shit, I totally forgot to <laughs> right. go and charge her. Fuck, yeah. I thought you were going to do it, Bob. Right? Yeah. No, I did the last one. Mm-hmm. I, told, I told you. Right? You were going to charge her with murder on Friday before. Uh-huh. God, I know. I really screwed that up. Oh, my God. <laughs> God You're kidding yeah. me. No. You're kidding me. Nope. A few days before the letter started to arrive in the mail, a grand jury had indicted her for murder. Mm-mm. Sandra turned herself in. I mean, well, maybe she should have just laid low and been like, mm, maybe I'll forget because they didn't I, honestly, hurry to arrest her. Yeah. If they, if they just like failed to present her with those charges, maybe they right. would have been like, wait, no, Jim, shit, you were supposed to present her and arrest her. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <sighs> that is just like sickening. It is yeah, sickening. It's awful. Now I've unlocked a new fear that like there's murder charges out there for me just out there that I'm not aware of. The the letters in the mail from the attorneys. Fuck that. Buckle up. God. So Sandra turned herself in and posted bond. She hired a good attorney and everyone assumed they would be able to clear this all up before Sandra had to go to trial. No, we've been here this million Mm. times. No, Mm. it's not going to go well for you, Sandra. Mm -hmm. Positive of that. Yep. No one, not even Jim's family, believed Sandra was responsible for her husband's murder. For a while, it looked like the charges against Sandra might be dropped when news broke that the lead detective in Jim's investigation, Ruben Sean Carazal, was under investigation himself after being caught falsifying a search warrant for a case not connected to the Melgers. What? I'm so surprised to hear that. Mm-hmm. He back he, he post-dated it. A twist. What a shocking mm-hmm. twist that somebody... <laughs> Right? I know. Yeah. This meant that any other cases he'd been working on had to be looked at to make sure he hadn't done something similar there, too. Sandra's lawyers. Pin pin a murder of a husband Uh on a woman with severe disabilities. Yeah. Yeah, that one. This one Mm -hmm. right here. Mm -hmm. Sandra's lawyer didn't believe prosecutors had a strong enough case against her in the first place and that this would only add to the doubt about her guilt. In the end, it would take prosecutors three more years to decide if Sandra would go to trial. Oh, my God. Based on no evidence, too, right? None. None. Not a single shred of evidence against her. None. Other than I just can't remember because I have a neurological condition, you fucking assholes. Yeah, she was there when he was murdered. Oh, my God. People, Mm -hmm. go to brain school. God. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Learn yeah. about it. Learn about seizures. Learn about brain injuries. Learn about neurological disorders. Yes. Enough is enough. They need yes. to have... Oh, God. Ugh. I'm sorry, Courtney. I know. I know. I know. This one is rough. It sucks. Hard. It's like... Uh, uh, it's not okay. Luckily, she'd remained out of jail on bond while she waited, but having the charges hanging over her head was incredibly stressful. Prosecutors even admitted that they had no physical evidence proving Sandra had killed her husband, but said, quote, her story was just ridiculous. And in August 2017, nearly five years after Jim was murdered, they decided to proceed with Sandra's trial. Unbelievable. God, Mm -hmm. you can't just prosecute somebody because you don't fucking believe it. That is the craziest 
Well, and I think that there's been crazier things that have happened. I could see how her story could be a lie in other circumstances, but you don't just stop there. You don't just think that story is mm-hmm. weird. We are done investigating. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Especially it is how it works, but it's not diagnosed medical conditions. If she's just being weirdo, like a, mm-hmm. the mom with the silly string at the graves site, you right. know, that's a weird case. She was acting mm-hmm. fucking weird. I don't blame them. Like she was acting suspicious. Mm-hmm. Even that, it's not enough. But no. that one makes more sense that she'd been like, I just don't remember. Maybe I had a seizure, but she has no previous history of anything recorded about having epilepsy and rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and all of these mm-hmm. other like highly debilitating, physically mm-hmm. extremely restrictive conditions. Like yes. that's just. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, I know. And, and a history of grand mal seizures yeah. that create memory loss for her yeah. after yeah. she has them. Like it's documented. She's medicated for it. Right. Stress triggers seizures. It's stressful when your home is invaded and your husband is getting murdered. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, give me a humongous break. Get your your brains together, Mm -hmm. guys. So prosecutors told the jury that Sandra planned a romantic night for her husband with a plan to kill him for his insurance money. Gross. Also, misogyny. Yes. Yes. No, I am here with you. I've just had more time to process. And that is exactly what's happening. Not that it matters how she looks, but she really looks like a school teacher, like a middle aged mom, very petite, timid, Mm -hmm. like typical lady. And they tried to turn her into some weird, cunning sex kitten. And if she is good for her, because she's an incredibly good actor, there was just no history of her being cunning or a liar. And he was her caretaker. And she needed him and his support to get through her daily life. Why? She would not do that. Like, why would she kill him? Gentle, funny, like he was the the life of the party and made her life better. There's just no way. There's no No. way she did it. No. And I will, I firmly stand behind that statement. I really don't think she did it. No. As somebody who has a spouse with... Mm -hmm inflammatory conditions of fucking whatever variety that they can't figure out because doctors don't care about women's health after a certain Mm -hmm. age. Yeah, man, it's not something that happens. I'm sure the police heard like this cute strawberry whipped cream thing and Mm -hmm. were like, yeah, no husband would ever do that, especially not in Texas. Mm -hmm. This is a frame job. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. big old setup. She's just trying to seduce him, get him in that bathtub where he'd be vulnerable and she could take advantage of it. Like, no, some some husbands just want to have nice times with their wives, you fucking psychopaths. Yes. Prosecutors also said that Sandra had wanted a divorce, but couldn't do that because she was a Jehovah's Witness and didn't want to be ostracized from her church. I'm going to cry. Also, just to be clear, I love Texas. If you're new to this podcast, I love (laughs) Texas and I love Texans. I don't love Texas. I've never really been to Texas. I love Texans. My stepmother-in-law is a Texan and she's one of my favorite people on the planet. So just clarify, Mm -hmm. I'm not anti-Texan. No. Lead prosecutor Colleen Barnett said, quote, the witnesses testified that they viewed Jamie as being asleep now. So I assume that they had Jehovah's Witnesses testifying <laughs> and talk about how what they believe happens when people die. Right. And so I think that's who they're talking about. Got so it. they testified that they viewed Jamie as being asleep now, now that he's dead. Uh-huh. Jehovah's Witnesses are not allowed to divorce unless the spouse has committed adultery. 
which Jamie had not done. So I think that that was part of the motive. We're still quoting the prosecutor Mm -hmm. that if she killed him and was, wasn't found out, she could still socialize with her Jehovah's witness friends. And it is all okay because he is just asleep. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense, right? You can't divorce somebody, but you can murder them. It's fine. As long as you don't get caught and nobody's is wiser. Yeah. Yeah. They said Sandra, quote, seduced Jim in the bathtub. She then had him get out of the tub and sit on a chair, promising a massage, where she then tied him up and stabbed him more than 30 times. They claimed that despite her medical ailments, she had the stamina to kill him because the stab wounds weren't very deep. Most of them were superficial. Mm -mm. They said after Jim was dead, she then staged the crime scene to look like a break-in. She tied her ankles together, her hands behind her back, and then somehow propped a chair against the closet door using a pillowcase to make it look like someone else had put her in there. So they showed mm-hmm. video of the police officers in the closet and had a, pill- a pillowcase sham underneath the chair, and they were using the sham under the door to pull the chair to the door while they closed it at the same time. Mm-mm. Yeah. No staircase mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And like Laura is very healthy. Can She rides her bike 10 miles a day. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. a very healthy person. I still have to open fucking pickle jars for her and shit because yeah. she doesn't have the grip strength. There is mm-hmm. absolutely no way somebody with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis could stab someone 30 times. No. No way. No. Or tie them up enough to like no. keep them Mm-mm. bound or... No. Prosecutors then reenacted how someone might be able to do these things in front of the jury and showed them the video I just talked about of how it might be possible to drag the chair to the closet door from the inside. They were saying that you could do a figure eight because she was tied up with almost like bathroom bathrobe cords or fabric. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. And how you could just like loop it around loosely. It doesn't matter how tight it is because it looks convincing you can right. do that to yourself right as well, and rather than investigating other suspects they just spent mm-hmm. like hours and hours yes creatively yeah. looping bathroom exactly right together yeah. until and they found like, a thing that worked trying to figure out how it might be possible oh there's a pillowcase in the vicinity anyway yep. it's just yep. fucking stupid yep they explained to the jury how Sandra told police that she didn't remember what happened and blamed her seizure disorder on her quote convenient memory loss They told the jury that during her police interview, she acted casual and uncaring about her husband being murdered and played parts of the police interview to prove their point. I watched a lot of the interview and she doesn't seem uncaring at all or casual. She is in shock and is very confused. Yeah. Got a fucking neurological disorder. Exactly. And her husband was just murdered. And she can't remember what happens. And she was in a closet for 16 hours. And also you're in Texas where you're taught to respect authority and Mm -hmm. hold your shit together. Yeah. Yeah. If she had acted hysterical, then she would have been acting. Faking it. I think we need to, it needs to be banned. We can't judge people on how they Mm -hmm. behave after something like that happens. It can't be presented as evidence it shouldn't be talked about i think that we have gone far enough into understanding mental health to know that people process shit very differently all sorts of different ways and for different reasons and that we can't judge how people should behave when they're grieving well i mean Sadie, i would love to think that we're going to do that but we just are not (laughs) just spend five seconds on the internet and watch the shit that people say about other human 
I know. beings, whole human beings, and the mm-hmm. horrible things they say about their deaths and their tragedies. Yes. And, yeah. no, we're not going to, it's no, not, that's not going to happen. No, we're just going to do whatever we want. Just like we always have. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Judging people is more interesting than having compassion for them. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Today's episode is sponsored by Better Help. Hey, guess what happened to me last night, Sadie? What happened? I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and laid there for a solid hour thinking about things I have no control over. Hey, guess what happened to me last night? What? I also woke up at four in the morning with racing thoughts and couldn't go back to sleep. Yay, party, racing thoughts party. Who else wants to come to the racing thoughts party? Nobody. That's why therapy helps, you guys. That's why you should seek Mm -hmm. therapy so you don't have to waste your time thinking about things obsessively that you have no control over. So do you guys ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? Turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. We talked about it earlier in this episode. A lot of us are struggling. You don't have to struggle. No. You don't have to do it alone. We really cannot stress enough how much therapy has changed our lives and finding intervention, finding ways for us to feel better has made our lives so much more full and fulfilled. Aside from the fact that not dealing with these problems is so detrimental to your health, physical and mental health. I have learned so many coping skills, how to set boundaries, putting myself first for real, all through therapy. And guess what? On top of that, you're all a bunch of hot babes who deserve to love yourselves. So go get therapy. You deserve it. That's right. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash they will today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash they will. So Sandra's defense pointed out that there was no evidence that proved Sandra had killed her husband. They showed pictures. He's closed, of- guys. That, By the way, P.S., like <laughs> that's the end of it. Yes. That is it. That's all that uh-huh. they need to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Case, that's goodbye. It. Trial goodbye. dismissed. Great. Good. We're good. Yeah. They showed pictures of the bruises on Sandra's arms and face as proof that she had been attacked, but not by Jim. They explained that Sandra, quote, had no cuts, wounds, or bruising that would come from beating and stabbing a larger adult to death. Jim sustained numerous bruises all over his body, abrasions, and catastrophic damage to his organs that would indicate a violent struggle. Mm. Jim fractured both eye sockets and had two other skull fractures. Oh, my God. I mean, it was bad, and there was defensive Mm. wounds, and he fought hard Mm -hmm. against his killer. God. And Sandra had a black eye and some light bruising on her arms, like grab marks and a contusion on her head and that was it because she's a little tiny disabled woman yeah they they beat her they knocked her over the head and threw her in her closet and she started seizing and then they're like cool she's probably dead goodbye yep 
If Sandra had been the killer, she would have been very badly beaten by Jim as he tried to save his own life. Her attorneys explained it was possible Sandra either had a seizure during that terrible night or was knocked unconscious by the attacker. Jim's killer might have believed they killed Sandra as well and left her for dead in the closet. Mm-hmm. And if you've never seen somebody have a seizure, it, mm-hmm. you would think you're killing somebody if it had any. Like if yes. you hit somebody over the head and they start seizing, you're like, oh, shit, I, I have killed them. Oh, for sure. They explained to the jury it would have been very hard for Sandra to tie her own hands behind her back and then to barricade herself into the closet. They said any plan the prosecution decided Sandra came up with was pure speculation. Authorities never found any search history on her computer, no evidence of planning in any way. They also had witnesses on the stand, Jim's family, who had found them that day, who said detectives never interviewed them to Mm -mm. see how they had found Sandra. Mm Mm-mm. So by the time the police got there, she had already been untied and left, let out of the closet and was with Jim trying to help him. And nobody ever interviewed the family to see what it was they saw when they mm-hmm. found her in the fucking closet. Never. Mm-hmm. They never did. They didn't ask how the chair had been propped on the door or how her hands had been bound. Mm-hmm. The witnesses explained that Sandra's hands were so tightly bound, they had to find scissors to cut her free. And when they found her, she was laying in her own urine and feces. She'd been in the closet for so long. Oh, my God. The defense team explained that Sandra's demeanor during the police interview was a woman in deep shock who had likely suffered a head trauma. She wasn't uncaring, just badly traumatized and confused. Sandra's attorneys also told the jury about unknown male DNA that was found on the drawer poles and the doorknob in the couple's bedroom that had never been matched to anyone known to the Melgers. The same DNA was also found on the backpack left in the garage. If that wasn't bad enough, they also told the jury that a, quote, bloody swipe was found on the handle to the safe that was near Jim's body. Mm-mm. The blood had never been dusted for fingerprints or tested for a possible DNA match, despite the fact that detectives told the family the blood had been tested. Oh my God. They also talked about the botched investigation and shady detective who had messed up before, but they weren't allowed to talk about how he had been under investigation for falsifying search warrants or how he'd been fired from his job because of it. I couldn't say that. I give up. I I know, dude. They told the jury about other possible suspects like Elizabeth's ex-husband. They also had witnesses testify about a suspect with a history of violence, drug charges and robbery who was reported to the police by one of the local news crews. The man was reported to be, quote, behaving strangely at the crime scene the evening Jim and Sandra were found. Quote, police investigated the suspect by leaving a business card at his door after two failed attempts to reach him. This is where the investigation into their suspect ended. Cool. (laughs) Same guys that were supposed to charge her. Put the card. I left the card. I left my card. (laughs) I put my, I mean, if he doesn't call us back, that's on him. yeah, Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? He was acting weird enough that the news crew oh my God. called the police and was like, Ugh. check this guy out because he's being weird at the crime scene. How do we be this stupid, you guys? I need answers. How is it possible? I think it's like laziness, too. Not just and stupid, but lazy. Ego. They were lazy. Ego. They didn't want to they didn't want to have to look into anybody else. They were like, why not just this lady? <laughs> we'll just ruin it. her and her family's life after it's already been ruined. I don't want to live in the world with these I know. people. I, don't I need a, I need a break. I need an exemption. I, I just nope. need an exemption. Just let me Yeah. Let's just let us have our own little thing, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, 
it's too scary and awful. Mm-hmm. The defense also told the jury about a similar home invasion that was carried out in a nearby neighborhood, which was nearly identical to what happened to the Melgers. Mm-mm. Any possible connections between the two cases were never investigated by police. Witnesses took the stand on Sandra's behalf to talk about how kind and loving she was and how much she and Jim truly loved each other. There wasn't a single person who thought she would be capable or willing to kill her husband. So we already know the detectives suck, right? Yeah, yes. The family later learned that the investigation had only ever focused on Sandra. In fact, detectives requested an arrest warrant for Sandra from the DA within just two hours of arriving at the scene. No way. They were ready to charge Sandra with murder without processing the scene or testing any evidence. What is how? That is psychotic. I know. And then the the judge was like, no, we cannot. You don't have any evidence. We can't arrest her. We have no idea what's happening. And they were like, "Okay, fine. If I was a judge and somebody came to me then and was like, please, can I have a arrest warrant? I'd be like, you are all off the case. And in fact, you're all fired. And in fact, seriously. Like we're closing down the whole division pending an investigation because y'all are too fucking stupid to do this job. Mm-hmm. Positive yeah. I could do I mean, at least job. I would try. I yeah. might not, like, I would do my best. I would yeah. honestly do my best. I would look at the clues. I would call people. Yeah, I might not catch call the people. perp, but I would not frame someone, an innocent, no. disabled woman for murder. I'm and decide that that's do that. where I was going to go with this investigation yep. within two hours of arriving at the scene. <laughs> yeah, because her, she's a sex kitten who's seducing her husband in the bath. 30 years. Creamer. Like, what the fuck? So after all was said and done, the jury deliberated for two days before returning with a verdict. They found 57-year-old Sandra Melgar guilty of first-degree murder of her Mm-mm. husband, Jim. There cannot be that many stupid people. There just cannot no. be. Or intimidated. Maybe these people are not stupid. Maybe they were intimidated, but that is spooky as fuck. Uh-huh. De- deeply misled. Yeah. I couldn't find, sometimes they'll interview jurors afterward. I couldn't find anything. I was oh, dying sure, to Sure, because they're they, all like... Well, we were approached by the sheriff's office or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. a, oh, right? God. Well, we she's a cult she brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, she loved sex, so she killed her husband. I don't know. Who knows why they decided this sounded like a good plan? Yep. Once you figure out how to manipulate people, it's real easy to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. It turns out, as is evidenced in the entire United States of America for the last eight years plus. Right. Exactly. Ugh. Sandra was then sentenced to 27 years in prison. Oh, my God. Sandra's friends and family couldn't believe she'd been found guilty and were horrified she would most likely spend the rest of her life in prison. Oh, my God. Quote, I am pretty outraged and upset, Liz said. This has been a huge miscarriage of justice. I never thought it would get this far. I didn't think she would ever be convicted. I thought she had a fantastic shot of having this dismissed, and here we are. More than 10 years have passed since Jim was murdered. Mm-mm. Sandra has now been in prison for six years. Mm-mm. Sandra and Jim's family are offering a $100,000 reward for information leading to the real killer. In 2022, the Innocence Project of Texas agreed to work with Sandra and hoped to win an appeal to overturn her conviction. Her most recent appeal from June of 2022 was dismissed. Sandra will be eligible for parole in 2031. She will be 71 years old. Mm-mm. If you'd like to learn more about this case and how to help, please go to freesandymelgar.com. Part of the website reads, quote, 
Sandy has been wrongly convicted and sentenced to 27 years in prison. Assuming she lives that long with her health issues and subpar medical treatment, while Sandy is serving someone else's time, the true murderer is still out, free to live their life in the community. Sadly, this is all too common in Texas, particularly in Harris County. This living nightmare could happen to any one of us. It is terrifying that the authorities that are in place to protect the public have the power and capability to inflict such harm through their abuse of the same legal system meant to provide truth and justice. With your help, we hope to bring Sandy home, find Jim's murderers, and finally allow for Jim's friends and family to begin the process of grieving and healing. You can't, you guys, you can't. Once you've been that victimized, there is no grieving, there is no healing because... Mm. The world is out to get you, and that is unacceptable. That is the that that takes the cake. That yep. takes the cake. A disabled woman. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. I like. Whew. I am shaken. I am not the same person I was thirty minutes ago <laughs> when sorry. we started this. Her <laughs> poor family. That yeah. is God thinking about mm-hmm. like Laura. Mm-mm. Who is mm-hmm. probably a hundredth mm-hmm. of the issues? Imagining her not having access to the care that she needs to feel better yeah. is fucking Horrifying. devastating. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and she- on top of that, to have to like serve time for somebody else's crime against your husband of 30 years, the love of right. your life. Liz has said a few times in the articles and the shows I watched, and she's like, they are tr- the. The police are supposed to be finding justice for us, and they're yep. just victimizing us more. Yep. She's like, none of, nobody, none of us want this. Not not Jim's family, not me, not nobody. Nobody mm. wants Sandra in prison right now, and they did it anyway. Mm. It's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. disgusting. I'm so sorry, Liz. No. I'm so sorry, Sandra. That's like... I'm also just speechless and sickened. Mm-hmm. I do not know what to do with that information other than compartmentalize it and dissociate because that's all I know how to do in this mm-hmm. weird ass world that we live in. Yeah. I mean, it is good that the Innocence Project is on board with them now and it is you know, relatively recent. And so there are resources and I'm sure there's petitions to sign and probably places you can donate money if you feel so inclined. Yeah. So there is stuff we can actively do right now to help if if you want. Yeah, I think we want. I think Yeah, we right. Oh my God. Figure out some sort of support of that case because that mm-hmm. is heinous. It's like beyond I don't I like I don't know what to I don't like it. I want out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I'm Bit such tight. an optimist, and then I hear shit like that, and it just makes me want to roll over and for, and quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go, everyone. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be <laughs> deeply sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize on behalf of the Eck family. That is unacceptable, and the world, and Texas. I apologize mm-hmm. on behalf of everything because somebody needs to. Somebody needs to take accountability for this bullshit. Right. Well, great. Damage is done. There's no upside. That's terrible. I'm just going to go shiver somewhere for a minute. (laughs) I know. There's no transition out of of that terribleness. No. Before we get into name time, we definitely need name time. And I've got some good ones because guess what? It's football season. And... The collegiate football names are the gift that keeps on giving. So I've got a couple more. 
But in the meantime, Sadie and I have had a loss in our family, and it is the third loss related to drugs and alcohol in almost as many years. And it's very sad. And I won't go into the details, but I do want to say it has really made me think about the ways we struggle. And I don't know the circumstances necessarily for our loved ones, drug and alcohol use and abuse. But I'm assuming aside from just run of the mill trauma that has something to do with it, probably some neurodivergence was mm-hmm. going on in there too, because it turns out our family is deeply neurodivergent on both sides. And so if you suspect that you might be, I cannot, I cannot encourage you enough to go get assessed and try to figure out something to ease some of that suffering because honest, you guys, you don't know how much easier it can be because you've only ever lived in one body. And I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how much better you will feel if you get treatment, medicated, whatever that looks like for yourself. Mm -hmm. Thank God I never got addicted Mm -hmm. or abused. You know, I definitely drank a lot in my mm-hmm. 20s and 30s. But when you don't have dopamine and your brain wants dopamine, it alcohol is a very good so, source of dopamine and drugs are an excellent source of dopamine. Mm-hmm. And so once you feel that feeling, you're never going to want to stop feeling that feeling. And the rates of addiction for people who are neurodivergent are catastrophic. And it doesn't have to be that way because being medicated has completely changed my relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And- I kind of can't even drink anymore. And it's great. I was saying to Laura the other day, I was like, I kind of miss the high highs and the low lows a little bit, you know, (laughs) just because you don't get them anymore. Mm -hmm. And what what you get in exchange is just consistent, calm and sort of happiness. What Mm -hmm. a fucking concept. So please, 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 please. If you're suffering from anxiety and depression, if you think you have ADHD, autism, any kind of like neurodivergence, please reach out to us. We can help you to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. There are so many resources now for getting assessed and getting treatment. And turns out that so many of us have lived without that intervention for so long. Mm -hmm. And I mourn the years that I didn't have medication and didn't have this awareness of myself. Because it would have changed a lot. Yep. So, and I think we also know we're talking from a place of privilege. If you need yes. financial help, if you need help scheduling a time to call, the things that keep us from taking care of ourselves, if there's anything we can do, let us know. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Yeah, I have a deep understanding of it's not just as easy as like, go get help. Putting the, the steps in place to get that help can be really challenging. So if there's anything we can do, we honestly really do mean it. We are here to Mm -hmm. help and have helped uh, listeners in the past when they let us know. So we really mean it. We're not just talking about out of our asses. Uh, So if you need anything, let us know. We are here and we love you all. And it's okay to struggle. You're not a bad person. If you need help, please reach out. Well, and the way ADHD works is that you only act on things if they're like novel, like an uh, emergency. So this is an emergency. This is me saying, <laughs> if you don't do it now, bad things are going to happen. Exactly. Go, go, hurry, go. Hurry. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. I'm, I'm mad at you. Right? I'm disappointed. Go. 
I've said it uh, probably, I'm sure I've said it before, but one of the biggest things I'm struggling with most right now is now that my anxiety is under control, my ADHD is out of control because my anxiety was the only thing that ever motivated me to do anything. And so I've had to learn how to restructure my life because of that. Like all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm very ADHD. And I didn't realize it before because I Mm -hmm. was so anxious and I managed to get shit done because everything felt like a crisis all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Now I don't miss the anxiety. In no, fact, I am a rare case. I think, I don't know if how rare it is, but I, as soon as I got medicated, you guys, I, this is not an ex- exaggeration. I went from a near constant state of best case, like medium panic, but most often like ice cold panic. That was my daily definitely weekly experience was just that like gripping fight or flight level of panic. Mm -hmm. Everything has been an emergency for me my entire life. And now I have, I would, I would almost say zero, zero anxiety. Mm -hmm. And when I get it, it's like real, it's like client is furious at me, but Mm -hmm. also guess what? Client is not furious at me very much because I'm medicated and because I'm assertive and because I set boundaries and because I can manage things better. Mm -hmm. I just, I like, I cannot, I can't, I'll never be able to express what a change it's made. And there Mm -hmm. is a lot of difficult stuff that comes with it because it is a transition from living one way to another. And it's been a it's been a lot and it's been a year almost. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone through a lot in that year and I know Sadie has too, but 97.9% of it has been positive. So please, 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 please let us know if you need help. Yeah. And then figure out how to clean your house after you're medicated, but also you yeah. don't care and you'll be assertive enough to tell other people to fuck off when they exactly got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you go see your therapist and you're like, I have shit about keeping a clean house and being judged about it and then they help you with that too and then it's okay yeah Um, is anyone gonna die of it no no. is it important yeah be hygienic and your mental health is helpful but right make sure your kids have what they need but clutter it's okay (laughs) it doesn't yeah it's okay if people judge you for it then they can go fuck themselves (laughs) yeah they can definitely go fuck themselves oh okay who wants some who wants some Name time. Always. Everybody wants some name time. If you're new to this podcast, this all stemmed from the episode about Charlotte Grabby, which was probably episode 30. And here we are, 170 episodes later, still talking about names. Oh, the Charlotte Grabby episode. I brought up a woman named Cindy Pancake. I worked her into the story because she had a cute name. And ever since, people have been sending us the cutest and best (laughs) and most celebratory names on the planet. This morning I woke up and somebody left a YouTube comment on a very old episode. And they they said something like, loved the, the show. And then it got even better when they, when you started doing names and now I'm going to be obsessed forever or something like very oh, nice cute. comment. Yeah. But they loved cute. name time. So welcome, dear listener. Welcome. welcome. Very happy to have you. Aside from General Booty, the king of college football names, in my opinion, and DeColdest Crawford, the tie for king of college football names, we have memorable factor. <laughs> Quavassier smoke. I mean, uh, like gorgeous. Grow it. You just are born Quavassier smoke, and you know exactly what you need to do. Play You're going to be a football player. Yes. yes. And then, obviously, once you 
get signed your pro, pro ball player, you're going to be like an investor in products after that point. Oh like Kwasi Smoke has a venture capital firm. So much. <laughs> I would buy like, everything that Kwasi yeah. Smoke told me to buy. All of I'll it. I'll buy all your weird like protein snacks and totally. stuff. 100%. Cologne. Done. Yep. Yep. Your apps. I will <laughs> download them on my phone. Workout vids. Mm-hmm. Fat Watts. <laughs> Storm Duck and Squirrel White. No. Yeah. Memorable factor. Memorable um, factor. Somebody has a mother whose last name is Coffee. We were Ugh. talking about her school teacher's name is Mrs. Coffee, who's the cutest, best one. The same lister had a childhood swim teacher whose name was Sean Duck. No. Miss ah! oh. <laughs> <Ms>. Boing. <laughs> That's not real. If you wrote a teacher into a book or a movie you named her Miss Boing, everyone would be like, no way. Uh, Adam Lovelady. Mm. Eric A. Fish. I love the A. <laughs> Dick Thunder. <laughs> One of our listeners sent a screen cap of a woman who's saving frogs like in the Amazon or whatever. Her, her name is Bell Boggs and the headline was Bell Boggs saves frogs. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Somebody was reading a book about Christopher Watts and he worked with a guy named Troy McCoy. <laughs> Poor Troy McCoy. <sighs> There's a nurse and her name is Lorraine Big Medicine. What? Again, yes. Some people just like Sean Duck and... Quavassier Smoke and Lorraine Big Medicine. They all just were born and like, well, obviously I have to get into medicine. Obviously. Yeah, duh. Nick Cannon's kids. I feel like we've gotten little tastes and tastes of Nick Cannon's kids before, but mm -hmm. this is all 12 of Nick Cannon's kids' names. Legendary Love, Onyx Ice Coal, Zeppelin Zen, Zion and Zillion Air, uh, Golden, Powerful Queen, and Rise Messiah, Halo Marie, Monroe, and Mon and Moroccan. Mm. If you want a good name, wow, get adult adopted by Nick Cannon. I would choose Zeppelin. A hundred percent. I wish I was Zeppelin or Zillionaire. Obviously, wow. Not even billionaire, Zillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> God. Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Right? So cool. Mm -hmm. I want to be Zeppelin canon real fucking bad for a lot of reasons. Also, 11 siblings. And I think uh, like four of them were born in one year. So you're basically twins, even though wow. you don't have the same mother. God, I think it lot. counts, right? Right. Well, speaking yep. of somebody with a lot of kids, but terrible. I just saw Elon <laughs> Musk had a, yes, had, a, had a secret baby. Secret baby. Techno Mechanicus. Yeah. Techno <laughs> Mechanicus. Of course. Like, talk about being extra. Come on, guys. Come yeah. on, Grimes. Come on, Elon. Yeah. Let's we get it. Hunger. You're from the future or whatever. <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah, you got spaceships. Let's Is do that... some Patreon sh shouty outies. Let's do, do a couple it. of them. I feel good. I feel ready. Not going to do 200 of them. Just do, just do a couple. 200. Uh, yeah, let's not do 200. Let's do two. <laughs> what if we did 200? <laughs>
Oh We've got God. about that many to do. I know. Yeah. So if you want to shout outy, it might come in six months, but it will come. We promise. And it also, along with the shouty outy, if you give us as little as $5 a month, you can get about 200 additional yeah, episodes. Yeah, I think it's 165 or something. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot if you guys don't understand math like me. It's a lot. <laughs> and they are full ass, whole ass episodes. They are minimum 30 minutes. Yeah. Most of them are the same length. Totally. And a lot of them are better than main feed mm-hmm. episodes. So... Get, get over, on there. over there. Yeah. You also get to see a lot w- more of the weird of us. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. It's kind of creepy. It's creepy. So <laughs> proceed with caution, but it's on you. It's on you if you want to spend money to get weirded You've been out. warned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Jessica. Jessica, everybody needs a Jessica. Everybody gonna throw a parade and say what she's made of, Jessica. She is made of sweetness and beauty and power and bravery, intelligence, moxie and glee. (laughs) Jessica, Jessica, how did you find your way to me? I feel so blessed and can you see how much we <laughs> love you Jesse not to take liberties with your name and shorten it if you don't like it it's just an affectionate way to wrap up this song I hope you like it <laughs> we love you Jessica thank you yeah so much Thank you so much to Molly Hall. Molly Holly, come on and Ollie, let's go to Molly Holly's house. Let's knock on the door and surprise her with all the things that we love about her. We love that you're beautiful. We love your clothes. We love your garden filled with roses whether or not that's a metaphor for your (laughs) real garden or how beautiful you are i don't know because i've never been to molly holly's house but i can imagine it's perfect in every way and (laughs) it is not quiet as a mouse it's full of raucous joy it's full of (laughs) girls and boys and non-binary people People having the best time ever. It's Molly Holly's house and it is worth it to go there if you've never been. Molly Holly, you win. <laughs> Thank you, Molly Holly. Thank you, Molly Jessica. Holly. <laughs> oh my God, Good. I love you guys so we much. We love you so no much. Idea. Is that the end of it? Are you done? <laughs> yes, I am done. I think we're good. I think we're good. And uh, we love you. We and do. if you want to spend more time with us, you can go to our Instagram, Facebook. Oh, go to our Instagram if you want to sign up for our Oh, do it. Giveaway. Do it. Do it. I'll post it today. I'll start the post. I'll start the giveaway today. Great. Great. So, yeah, go on over there uh, at They Will Kill uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or YouTube. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email us at theywillkill.com. Bill, don't don't go there. That's a different. That's a different thing. We we haven't talked about they will. Well, I guess we did talk about they will pill today. We just didn't name it that. 
go to theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com and hit a send. Do you write a message in it? (laughs) That's that's every, I'm the childless aunt explaining how to email. That is my tutorial for the day. (laughs) First, you put middle-aged aunt. Go to theywillkillpodcast.gmail.com. Put the message in it. <laughs> and then hit send. And hit send. Goodbye. Um, rate, review, and subscribe if you want to. Yes, please. We got another great review to this so week, sweet. and it really makes us so happy. It you really have no idea. Uh, thank you, AJ Bergans, for your music. Thank you. And remember. Okay, guys. Our, is Crab Rangoon mm. plural? <laughs> <laughs> crab can I get crab rangoons? No. I hear yes. people say crab rangoons a lot, but also crab rangoon feels plural to me. I, can anyone tell me if crab rangoon is plural? I always when I order it, I say, Could I get an order of crab rangoon? Me too. And I would never I say ca- crab rangoons ever. Crab rangoons is really cute. So mm-hmm. I want to leave space for it to be the the proper pronunciation of multiple crab rangoons, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if crab rangoon is plural or not. <laughs> You're just choking, and killing me. Um, because why would we think it's plural? You know, is a group of crab rangoon a gobble? Right. A a, a claw. A, a claw. They give things that crabs have. It's, <laughs> A cluster? I think it's a, yeah, a cluster or like a satchel. Can I get a satchel of crab rangoon, please? Because I look like a little satchel. Well, they look like a satchel. Can I get a waltzing Matilda of crab rangoon, please? <laughs> it's crab rangoons, ma'am. Oh, my mistake. I don't know. Is it yeah. plural? Is crab rangoon plural or is that a crab? May I have a, a crab rangoon and they bring you one? I guess an, an order of crab rangoon. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Help, know either. Please. Who knows? Somebody knows. Tell us. But from help. now on, please say, may I please have a waltzing Matilda of crab rangoons? <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> Do you know what that is, right? The waltzing Matilda is the little hobo sack that they carried on the stick. Oh. That's what that is. Like Pee Wee and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the first uh, waltzing Matilda that always comes to mind, obviously, yes. for me, is his little red and white sack from yes. Pee Wee's Big Adventure that, that you carry while you hitchhike. That. Yep. That's, that, doesn't that look like a crab rangoon? Yes. It really <laughs> does. God, Matilda. now I need some fucking Chinese food. Thanks for nothing. Uh, well, uh. luckily, you got some good stuff right there. Go to Long River. And get you some rangoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call the tea, the boys who used to be tiny children and now are teenagers. Oh my God, nothing will age you like watching like, the kids from yes. the owners of the restaurants grow yes. up. Yes, my best friend in New York's lived next to the same bodega for oh, 15 years and they are grown and it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It is weird. It gets real weird. Very weird. Anyway, All right, we love you. Love you guys. We'll love you, little Rangoons. We love you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.